everybody guess what ripperverse is gonna be in the house it's very excited what is the ripperverse and who is eric july well that's gonna happen today on our episode of two geeks and a microphone I will talk first. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show here on Two Geeks and a Microphone. I am your co-host, Mr. Stephen Boster, along with the one, the only, the most illustrious, the most white beardiness, Mr. Michael Shanks. Mike, say hey to everybody. Good morning to all you geeks out there in Geekdom land. And I got to apologize real quick because apparently we are not streaming on Facebook right now. Um, That's what had me distracted. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> focus mike focus <laughs> well, it's kind of important so um yeah I, it's I, all I, good I, it's all good everybody those who are joining us we appreciate it. we still got youtube twitch and our twitter feed oh wait is it twitter or is it x i guess it's X <laughs> now <laughs> yeah I, I, what is he gonna do with that i mean uh, you know, we always we always said I tweeted or so and so tweeted. What what are they going to say now? I xed. I don't right. Know. right. I don't understand how the branding is working on that. Um, uh, yeah, I weird. think a lot of people are confused. I do know. I, I do know that he's what is it? He's going for the all encompassing app kind of a thing, kind of like uh, in China they have what's it called? WeChat. WeChat. Uh, yeah, something. Yeah. And he's going after that kind of a thing. He goes, we he goes, we just don't have that outside of China. You know that, you know that app. And he says it's just real popular. And so payments. I mean, come on, he's the guy. Isn't he the guy who did PayPal? So did he do PayPal? I right. think he did. And so I mean, so I do know he, he understood- said that the, he had this plan from the beginning when he took over mm-hmm. Twitter. That this was, you know, this isn't like. A, uh, I just came up with this right off the top of my yeah, head. Twitter 3.0. Yeah. So uh, it's been in the works and we'll see what happens. I, I don't know. I have, I'm not hugely active on Twitter anyway. You know, it's not my, my favorite platform. Um, we two geeks is, is I'm trying to be active over there. Right. <laughs> I, I don't do as well on Twitter as I do on Facebook. Let's just put it that way. Right. <laughs> but we do stream on Twitter, so. So if you're watching us on Twitter, welcome. Welcome. Right on. Or well, X, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, my phone still says Twitter, too. But you know what? My phone still also says Facebook. It doesn't say meta. That's true. <laughs> true. Um, yeah, I even heard threads, even though there were... Uh, Facebook threads, even though there were like a hundred million signups or whatever for it, what is it only? <laughs> I don't even it, know what that is. it is Meta's attempt to replace Twitter. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> and a month later, or uh, there, the users, the daily users, are like not even ten percent, 
And what else did they say? Or maybe it's only like 13 or 14%. And they're not on as long. They're only long on for four minutes per day. Whereas for Twitter, the average is 30 minutes per day. That's that people are on. It's so really funny. interesting. So, yeah. Oh, anyway, well, enough of that tech stuff. To talk we're, about we're, we're two old guys that are still trying to, trying to figure out all this kind of stuff is really what it is, everybody. So we're so glad that you're joining us. Um, so we'll have to figure out the whole Facebook thing. We may repost on Facebook. Um, but uh, if hopefully you know that we're also on YouTube, which is our primary where you can go. Um, it does stream on Twitch and we got some folks on Twitch and uh, as yes. well. So. It is all oh, those okay. three. They are. So those are our primary spots. Facebook. Usually we draw a pretty good audience on Facebook too. So I'm a little disappointed. It's not over there, but we'll just repost. It's all. Yeah. Right. We'll, we'll figure it out. Anyway. Yep. So what's going on, Steven? Nothing, nothing, not a thing. Nothing. Huh? I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing everybody. Um, no. So, um, yeah, we're. I'm excited about today. So um, we have a special guest with us today. Mike, I want you to say who it is and what's happening today. Okay, well, he isn't here yet. Uh, we are waiting for him to show up to be totally uh, honest with everybody. Um, I just got a message from his personal assistant, and she said that he had to finish up a uh, previous engagement that he had going today um i guess there there was a conflict in scheduling with us but that that's okay that's okay um anyway no worries so we are going to have eric july he is the ceo creator founder of ripiverse comic books and they last summer they released uh isom one which is their first big character for the rip of rip averse. And, um, apparently he made over $3 million during that campaign. I believe if, if mm-hmm. I got, if I got the, uh, uh, stats, right. And then he just wrapped up campaign number two, where he sold Isom number two, which has four different covers. And I ordered cover D, <laughs> which I'm excited. <laughs> um, Anyway, uh, and I think that one made over two million. So, uh, according to the campaign, like if you go to the website ripaverse dot com r i p p a v e r s e dot com, you can um, you can go to the campaign, see the campaign link, and it says just over two million. Wow! Wow! Yeah, that's pretty darn good for a independent comic creator who is new yeah. to the industry. Um, just completely building this this whole uh, um, universe, you know, from ground up, and uh, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty exciting. I'm looking forward to learning about the new characters and everything. Um, I'm just curious about how he got there. Yeah, he's got yeah. all kinds of. I, I, there's just so many uh, interesting details. I think we're going to oh, find yeah. out. Yeah, That's I don't. I, I don't think he's going to give away a lot. I, I've watched a few of his streams over the last several days and, are you talking about just story-wise well story-wise and and character too many character details because you know they're in the process of 
uh, of launching. Oh yeah. I just mean from the aspect of how he, how Ripperverse came to be. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, he's got an interesting ethics code of ethics that he has. I'm, I'm interested in, in hearing more about, um, and how he got there. Um, it's just fascinating. Um, and the artwork that he's got that I've seen, it looks great. You've got Isom one, right? Yes, I do. Um, I have it right here. Uh, there. This is the, I think this was the cover D for the uh, campaign number one. Um, Cause cover D is the only thing you can get now. Everything else is sold out as far as uh, the first campaign goes. So, and he, he's like, he says in his code of ethics or, you know, like he goes along with his code of ethics once, you know, if he says it's a limited run, it's a limited run. There will not be anything published oh. you know, of that run again. So he's, you know, sticking true to that stuff. So interesting. Um, I love it. So just uh, honesty in marketing. Right. Yeah. So I, I from I, I take it, I take it the only reprints he will do will be of this cover, which would be cover D. Um, okay. I, I'm assuming that there will not be reprints of A, B, or C of Isom one. Okay. And I, I'm wondering if, if Isom two is going to be the same way where, uh, well, I hope D D is, I hope D's a special one, but they're all special. <laughs> well, special. Sure. cause D's the one I ordered and I, I really, really like D. I think it's a the cool cover one. on D. Yeah. Here, here I'll, uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. Right on. Um, so while he's bringing that up, everybody, so one of the things that's going to be really fascinating is what we're going to do here, as we've introduced, next we're going to kind of hit our, like we normally do with our shows, do a little bit of uh, geeky news, not a whole lot, and then some of our geek dar um, while we're waiting for Mr. July to join us, and um, and then we'll get all the nit and gritty with that, so it'll be good. Ooh. That's covered me. I really so, liked it because I felt it had kind of a Batman feel to it. So, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I love Batman. So. so those who are describe that cover for those who may be listening to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, sure. Watching sure. So we so we see the character Isom. It looks like he's on a roof of a rooftop um, kind of holding on to, I guess, an antenna or something. I, I don't know. Holding sure. on to something kind of hanging off of it, sort of. Um, kind of in a Batman pose. But then in the background, you see this blue sky with a skull and a full moon. And it just looks incredible. Uh, I thought it was the best looking cover personally, but it looks great. looks like it's probably a, a lightning rod. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe he's trying to get struck by lightning like the flash. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Well, while we are waiting on Mr. July. Yeah. It sounds funny to say Mr. July. Um, Maybe we should hit up some geeky news. What do you think? What do you think? Sounds good. Sounds good to me. Let's do this. All right. So first up on the geeky news, I thought this was so ridiculous that we had to talk about it. So apparently Disney is going to release a WandaVision steel, uh, collectible steel book. Okay. So, if you don't know what that is, so uh, a lot of these uh, Blu-rays will, 
you know, they'll get the regular Blu-ray, Blu-ray uh, release with the regular cover and such. And then they'll come out with a special edition in a steel box, which mm-hmm. a lot of times are really cool looking, really nice package. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a little case for the a steel case for the steel case. Discs. Mm-hmm. However, they're going to release WandaVision without any physical discs in it. And I, I just don't get this. This makes no sense to me. So uh, Marvel Marvel Studios has announced that one of its Disney Plus shows is finally getting a physical release. But there's a catch, a momentarily baffling catch. Well, yeah, yeah, sorry. The streamer's first ever Marvel Cinematic Universe series, WandaVision, will debut on a limited edition steelbook on September 27th. Uh, so just around the corner. The set will feature postcards, character cards, a folder, exclusive release stickers, but no Blu-ray or DVD discs. It's not clear yet if even the digital download will be included in it. I don't get this. This makes no sense to me. I mean, every other Steelbook has always had the the Blu-rays, you know, and previously before Blu-rays came out, it had DVDs. And, and, you know, and over the last several years, it would also come with a code to get your, your digital copies also. Mm-hmm. So I just don't get it. If they're going to release this, at, at least give people the codes for the digital copies. I don't. Yeah. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. So, yeah, I agree. Huh. I, I wanted to bring it up because I thought it was utterly ridiculous. I guess we'll find out in the next month. Uh, yeah, that's hard for me to believe. And part of me wonders if comic book movie is doing some kind of clickbait or something. Because that you're right, that is unbelievable. Could it be that, <laughs> or could it be uh, Marvel and Disney are just trying to stir the waters to uh, you know generate publicity about this? Yeah, I just looked it up on Amazon. I didn't see any release for it or anything like that so that'd be two months out if that's the case and i would assume that they would normally amazon's pretty good about hey here's what's coming out to be released but i don't i didn't see anything so personally i want to see i want to see releases of like boba fett and uh obi-wan kenobi so um i I liked one i thought one division was a great series but I'm not going to go out and buy it. I, I just, I just won't, but yeah, it was um, okay. I am, I am curious. <laughs> and I'm Everybody be, remember how many times I Steven skip stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. You Steven skip and everything. So anyway, uh, so yeah, I'll be watching and, 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 and I, I will definitely report whether this has discs or not. Cause I think that's crazy. Um, hopefully this is wrong. All right. Next on our agenda. Uh, so at Comic-Con, Comic-Con was last week. Oh, by the way, our upcoming guest was on co- at Comic-Con last week also. Yeah, we got to ask him about that, how that yeah. goes. So uh, it is the 30th anniversary of both the death of Superman and the uh, rise of the Superman. So uh, DC Comics is going to be celebrating the rise, the return of Superman. And they are going to reintroduce the four Supermen, the Cyborg Superman, the Eradicator, Steel, and Superboy. Now, Steel and Superboy do have 
current books in the current continuity. But however, I believe Cyborg Superman and Eradicator do not. So they're basically going to reintroduce the four of them uh, this in, over the next year, some sometime this year, um, second half of the year, I should say. So I'm excited about that. I loved the Superman. I thought they were pretty cool characters. Um, big fan of the Cyborg Superman just because he looks so cool and so menacing. Oh yeah, he's great. Uh, Eradicator was very '90s looking, but you know he was still interesting. And Superboy was was a breath of fresh air at the time. He was something mm-hmm. different. And Steel, Steel, Steel was, was awesome. He was a he great was character. He was a regular guy who was uh, uh, encouraged by Superman. So, yeah, I, I like that. So, mm-hmm. I'm I think I actually still have those issues. Do of you? Those, of the of the reign of the Superman. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's raining Superman. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, then. Right on. All right, uh, move on to Geekdar. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Control with the radar, sir. What's wrong with it? I've lost the bleeps, I've lost the sweeps, and I've lost the creeps. The what? The what? And the what? You know, the bleeps. The sweeps. And the creeps. That's not all he's lost. (laughs) All righty then. (laughs) All right. All right, indeed. Um, You want to go first? You want me to go first? Yeah, no, I think... Who, who talks first? Let me talk first. All right. Well, a couple of things I have on my uh, uh, thing is I got to show them off my new my new thing. I'm gonna have to unplug it though to bring it over here so you can see it. So everybody, yell Alexa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Please don't. All right. So hey, everybody. Here is Dante. Here I write it. Write it to my face so you can see it. I was just kidding. So, um, so Amazon Prime Days was awesome. I got the Echo Dot for you know, for half o priceo, and then uh, and then what was really cool about it is you know I always hear mics go off in the middle of the show because he'll say Alexa or something, and I thought, well, why not me too? But then I had a friend at work who was like, oh, did you see they have a Darth Vader head that holds your Alexa? And then when you plug it in, it lights up the eyes, the reflection off the 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 light at the bottom of the Echo uh, uh, dot will will do that. So he, it, the eyes light up and stuff like that. I only wish he talked like Darth Vader. Yeah, that would be amazing if you actually and if you could change your Alexa uh, call to Darth Vader, right? Vader, Darth. Darth Vader. Yeah. Hey Vader. Yeah. I looked already. <laughs> I did try to see if there was something. <laughs> there was I don't understand why they can't program it to where you could use any word instead of. You know, I've heard people word. talk about AI today, being able to do all kinds of stuff. And so I'm like, the technology <laughs> technically is there. So anyway, all right, enough of that. So I was kind of excited about that. You know, it's like, Mike, I've joined the ranks of having an Alexa nearby that will interrupt the show. So. <laughs> well, we changed we changed its wake word a while back. But every now and then, that word pops into the show, and that's when it comes alive. <laughs> <laughs> so you can say Alexa in this room all you want. It's not going to come on. But right. if you say Echo... Oh, yeah, that's yeah. what 
I gotcha. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Well, hey. Um, oh, there she goes. She's. That's funny. Case in point, everybody. Welcome to the show. And I tried to say it so quietly, too. And it's still. It makes you wonder how sensitive those microphones are. You know, I think they're only sensitive when they want to be. I, I think uh-huh. those darn things have a mind of their own. Because there's times when I'm practically yelling at it. Alexa! <laughs> And it's not responding to me. And then I'll just say something. And all of a sudden it starts talking. It's like, who pulled your chain? What <laughs> <laughs> is wrong funny. with you? Right. So, yeah, those things are crazy. Yep. AI is taking over the world. Yep. Well, my this other. That's coming. It's coming. We've already got the AI. It's going to get into the Amazon network and into yeah. all the Alexa dots and shows and all those kinds of things. I'll bet you if you look into Amazon, you'll find out that they have somewhere in their naming somewhere Skynet. I'll bet. You. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, Come with me if you want to live. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So then um, the next thing on my list is The Witcher um, season three, parts one and two are out. So I've already watched part one and then part two just came out Thursday. Um, And the it's only three more episodes. So it's about a nine episode kind of series. And um, to be open, the first episode of part two fantastic it was great the other two episodes uh you know trying to watch during my lunch breaks and that kind of a thing or really listen i did the steven skip i was like come on you're oh my goodness it was very frustrating and i love me some henry cavill and i love what he's done with the witcher but i was just like yeah move along the the second episode of part two was like the whole episode is this I mean, it was just like, move along. I mean, stop dragging this out. There's no need to. It just wasn't engaging. And uh, it was really frustrating. Um, even there, it was like we're still in the middle, halfway through a second act kind of a thing uh, of a movie. So Stephen to Stephen skipping. So, the, but I'm telling you, if they had just done that fifth episode and made it the last episode, it would have ended with a bang. It, it would have been good. But, I don't know what they were doing, but that's okay. Maybe that's why Henry Cavill is leaving the show. That was weird. You just all of a sudden sounded like you were underwater for a second. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Did you did you go under the sea? Under the sea. Under <laughs> the sea. No, I did not just go under the sea and stuff all like right. that. So <laughs> it's like all good. All right. Well, that's awesome. Awesome. Deed awesome. And then... Uh, yeah, so with that, that's kind of the the end of mine. I'll let you go ahead and do your geek dar. It looks like our wonderful guest is joining uh, in our oh. guest room. So nice. Okay, well, I'll skip my geek dar and we will go ahead and bring in Mister Eric July. There's the man himself. All right, what's up, man? The legend. What's up? What's up? What's up, man? How y'all doing? We are great. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you. I know I'm a little late, but I appreciate you having me. It's all oh, good. Man. We're excited about having you here. We're pumped. We're like, ah, oh, he'll be a little bit late. No big deal. This is gonna be great. <laughs> appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much again for having me. 
Oh, oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. In all openness, we are blessed to have you. So thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate y'all, man. Thank you. Yeah, we we were. Mike was talking it all up. Uh, we were very excited because he was like, "Oh, guess who we got? We got the rip over, you know, kind of a thing." And I was like, "Yeah, awesome, oh yeah." Uh, so, um, so everybody, uh, this is Mr. Eric July is joining us from the Ripaverse as we introduced at the beginning of the show that would be coming a little bit later. Um, and he is here now. We normally, everybody kind of meet with everybody, uh, meet with our guests before the show. We haven't had that. So we're going to have a little bit of fun here, just kind oh, yeah. of talking and saying, here's what's going to happen. Here's what we would like to do <laughs> kind of stuff here live on the show. But we're pretty open and excited to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So just to start, uh, Eric, my name is Michael um, and Stephen is my co-host. Okay. Uh, the, the two of us started this podcast, what, two years ago, Stephen, two years. Mm -hmm. Um, we started off as just an audio podcast and then we made the move to YouTube, uh, this past year or so, I think, I think it's been a year now. I don't remember. It's not quite been a year, but yeah, everything kind of runs together after a while. But so we made the move over to YouTube. So we're both YouTube and, uh, an audio podcast at the same time. And we are primarily just anything geeky, you know, uh, comic books, movies, television, you know, whatever falls into the geek category. And you fell onto my radar, uh, a year ago. So I I have to tell this story. Um, so a year ago I saw you on the daily, uh, daily wire actually. And I'm watching and I'm like, wow, this is, this is a great story. This is amazing, man. And, and I thought, I got to reach out to this guy. So I reached out to you on Facebook and then I never heard back. And I was like, eh, okay, whatever. No big deal. Busy guy. It's all good. I was like, he's busy. He probably doesn't even do his own Facebook. He's probably got somebody else to do it for. No big deal. (laughs) And then I I completely forgot about you. And then uh, a few weeks back, um, I'm catching up on some podcasts and you were back on the daily wire again. And I was like, I forgot all about this guy. I'm going to have to go check out his website. So I go and check out ripperverse.com and I'm like, oh, dude, I got to, I got to, I got to order this comic book. And I'm, you know, and I found the contact page and I said, okay, my, my theory is if you don't ask, you don't know. True. So I thought, <laughs> all right, I'm going to reach out. We'll see what happens. I didn't expect to hear anything back. It was like 20 minutes later, your personal assistant, Carl, is it Carol? Carol. Carol. Carol, uh-huh. Carol emails me right back. I mean, 20 minutes later, and she's like, okay, uh, Eric is busy through July 24th. Anytime after that is good. And I'm like, whoa, did I just get him? <laughs> so, I love that's it. my story. That's how I got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I love that. Yeah, we're, I mean, look, it, it, it's it's sometimes I, lo- I would love to do like a lot of these, more of these. Actually, it's just you know, with uh, I'm <laughs> this company, I'm still catching up with its demand, right? So, oh yeah, I can't that, imagine. Uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that we that should be probably other people doing it. I'm doing it uh, as well. So. Which is good, you know. I, I love that I, I'm in the warehouse, and the warehouse employees get to see me, and they're packing packing orders right alongside them. Uh, but until we get caught up, you know, it's like 
that's been a lot of a lot of what it is that I do. We'll get to a point to where I do more of these because, you know, let's be honest, doing stuff like this is uh, my time is better suited doing stuff like that. Keeping my sure. ear to the streets and and and, um, and 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 talking with people like yourselves about what it is that we have going here uh, as well, because, you know, this is the audience is these are the people that, um, you know, word of mouth is, is a very organic movement that we have here. And word of mouth is a big a big part of it. So it doesn't matter big or small. Being able to do these is very, very, very important and, and vital uh, to what it is that we're trying to do. Uh, so, yeah, you just caught you caught us at a great time. Because, <laughs> you know, my team is, is one of those where they're starting to demand of me, like, hey, get him from the warehouse. And they're like pulling me from the computer like he needs to be, he needs to be doing things like this. So, uh, you know, it's good. to It's it's fun as well for me uh, to be doing things like this. So, uh, again, I'm, I'm excited. Well, we're well, honored I, to have you. I was shocked when Carl, she's she. I, I told her, I said, well, how about we do July 29th? Or yeah, I think today's the 29th. <laughs> and she's like, okay, I got it on his calendar. 9 p.m. July 29th. And yeah. I was at first I was like, yes, I got him. And then I was like, oh crap. I told her I didn't tell her AM, not PM. <laughs> nah. yeah, yeah, it's all it, it, it's all good. You know, like I said, I got had a little little thing to do, and I and I told her, I was like, hey, get in contact, make sure they know I'm going to be there. I just might be yeah. a little late. Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. That's what it's about. Thank you. How much time do you have? I want to be respectful of your time. Oh, well, I got another hour, so we're good. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, we got plenty of time. All right. Well, one of the things things we talked about at the top of the show is we want to kind of go through, like, what is Ripaverse? How did you get there? Kind of the story of the Kickstarter. And then really kind of talk about with – either item that you've got and then you know you just finished the second campaign like just this week and then um you've got new artists that are coming on board and which is just exciting um and really we we were also looking at your code of ethics and and what all you're doing is just so fascinating and it's just an incredible story so when someone comes and says what is the ripperverse how how do you explain that well, I, I generally that what do we start? But no, on, on a serious note, my pitch generally is centered around the fact that you know, as our tagline is, was essentially we're a comic book company for comic book readers. You know, and yeah. what I mean by that is that I know with how the industry and the direction that it grew, especially with media that is outside of the comic books, really they have uh, started to become more just strictly IP farms, and and the the focus and the attention to care. Uh, and with the actual medium in the publication has kind of put been pushed to the wayside. So mm-hmm. what we wanted to do with the Ripperverse is, is have a company where that's the priority. It's not to say that, you know, we, for example, we already produced an animation, right? It's not to say <laughs> that we won't do other things, but it starts here with, with, with the books and we, un- that's going to be our driving force. So, you know, that's why we have, like you mentioned, our code of ethics. That's something that the audience gets to hold us to and they can see what is this company about? Like, what are mm-hmm. they prioritizing? You know, the, the, the continuity aspect of it all and, and respecting our customers and all that is mm-hmm. uh, such a, that's the core of, of what it is this company is. So it doesn't matter when you get in, whether you get in like right here at the ground level when we're, we're really launching, or yeah. you get in with, uh, you know, later. So five, 10 years down the line, it's still something that you can get in on, get caught up on. And those ethics will still still be there as far as everything else. Like the actual line, I mean, the idea for it. I mean, 
longtime comic book guy. I mean, uh, that's <laughs> that was a big thing about, like, for example, my growth on YouTube was commentary. Uh, a lot of it was, uh, let's say, in the last half decade was was commentary on comic book stuff, comic book media uh, mm-hmm. as well. And I I figured during this period of time, as you know, I was buying all these books every week. I'm like, uh, you know, well, <laughs> they don't seem to be making making these with myself in mind. Uh, so uh I, I instead of griping all the time why don't i try to be a part of of the solution and i really do I love it that that guy awesome. be on this on this uh, earth to to create i think that's where mm. i'm at my best a commentary is good that, that that's cool but i need to be creating and, and i think god tells me that by the success it is that i've seen when i'm doing that right so when i mute my music stuff you know that's up until now obviously that's the most successful kind of venture it is that i had and being you know part of two actual built billboard chart and uh, uh bands and yeah, then we move right. into this and this is more successful than literally anything else it is that i've ever I, i've ever done and that's because well i think this is what i'm supposed to be doing so i want to be a part mm. of the solution and mm. I, I i loved what the transparency that you know you mentioned like kickstarters and uh that kind of changed the game as far as the industry but for me i was like well i don't really need the money uh because i got the money so for me how do i take the transparency element that Kickstarters, Indiegogo's and that campaign format introduced and have like this kind of hybrid where, you know, we treat it like a pre-order, which is why we could launch a campaign uh, last month and start fulfilling the campaign to uh, Monday. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's because we everything's already ready and completed and, and finished, but people can see and to be constantly updated. Right. They can see the numbers, how many sales, what they can also see um like you know get that feedback as far as our our general updates and, and all of that so i thought it was a great time i took a big risk spent almost like three hundred thousand dollars of my own money that i had saved up and i said we're gonna give this a shot and you know i saw one 3.7 million dollars later i got legitimized right. and if anybody thought it was lucky here we are with another multi-million dollar <laughs> campaign which is kind of crazy right it, it's yeah. like i'm still like in in, in shock but I don't have a whole lot of time to celebrate because I'm like, well, the man, sir, I got to get back to work. <laughs> well, shoot, you've got you've got Yara coming. Yep. Am I saying it right, Yara? Yep, yep, you got Yara. it. Mm-hmm. You got you got Yara coming up. I is that's the next campaign. That's actually after right. uh, the Alpha Core book, which is oh, have okay. Chuck Dixon okay, and so. obviously Joe Bennett, which is going to be massive with those two. It's huge. On. And then we got yeah. Sasuke Sisters on the Yara book. Yeah, uh, they're doing more work for us. Actually, they just completed Yara too. Uh man, they both of them put me to shame. Uh, and, and Chuck Dixon, because Chuck Dixon also has an unannounced book that we we have uh, that he's completed, and I'm like, damn, oh. like I gotta catch up. I'm trying to finish like some free, and I'm like, they're already fitted. Like, give me some more work. Give me some more work. It's like, dog it. So you know, uh, it, it, but it's fun because those are obviously the utmost professionals. Chuck Dixon being one of the more prolific writers of our generation, and I've learned mm-hmm. so much from that man. Uh, and to have them here as we flesh out this universe, I think between us three, you're really going to see this universe uh, ultimately fleshed out, and it's going to be exciting. It's going to be very, very exciting. So, you know, I'm in a great spot, and uh, I, I'm 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 aware of that uh, that I, that I that this is something that I have to take advantage of, which is why I don't rest. It's like, you know, we got to strike while the iron is hot, and we w- want to keep creating. So, I'm just very mm-hmm. thankful for all of the 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 customers, fans. Uh, out there because uh, they're the reason why we do this. We've awesome. got a question from from uh, John Young who asks, which hobby was creativity easy, making music or making comics? That is a great question. Oh, man. Okay, 
So both of them have an interesting thing with it. I mean, I guess you can make this make this about anything, uh, any type of music genre, but specifically in the ones that that I do, like in in, in being a metalcore and a, and a, and a, and a or hardcore artist. So we, you know, it's a band. So it's five it's five of us collaborating on a project. You know, I'll write it out. Obviously, the lyrics and everything, and our guitars mm-hmm. will do. You know, make sure you know get the riffs and all that. Uh, and it's it's a collaborative effort. So both of them have that big similarity there that it's it's not just one person's input. So like with obviously comics, uh, so, so for taking Isom, I wrote it, obviously um, uh, Cliff Richards penciled and inked it. And then we had Gay Bell Taib color it. So it's same thing in terms of a, a of a team. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say I would say, oh, man, it's hard. to. I think a music came and writing. Both of them have writing. Uh, but if I had to say which one came easier uh i guess for me i guess it would say it, it would say music because it just came a little more natural uh to me both of them come kind of natural as far as right it's not like i was taught taught how to do it um it was more things that i just picked up so it was it was some it was some gifts god gifts from god there for sure um mm-hmm. but i think the music thing which is why maybe we were able to hybrid all these different like genres like with my band backwards where you know we'll have obviously it's a metalcore bass but you know, we'll make some RB elements, we'll make some even some hip hop elements into it uh from time to time. And it it meshes very, very well. But I think that's because I the my upbringing and listening to everything, having an ear for everything. So it's like easier to do, but taking making comics takes more time. And I would say in, in our case, for sure, the comics, because of the logistical aspect uh of it, with us handling, for example, our own distribution. So it's a puzzle. Yeah that's involved there. That's the easier part is, hey, writing the script. That's the easier part. And even making the comic part, that's the easier part. Then you got to get it to the customers. That's a whole yeah. thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so right. uh, I would say for sure the, the comics uh, because of that reason. Uh, very cool. Wow. Um, with, let me ask you this, with, with the success of Kickstarter, your first Kickstarter, I mean, wh- how much was it total? 3.1? 3. 3. 3.7 million. 3.7 million. Wow. Man, that's nuts. Dang. How, you know, for we, somebody that just came out of the blue, that's that's freaking amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations. Appreciate that, man. What what was it like watching the just the numbers keep growing and growing and growing for that first campaign? So that was interesting because you know, I figured <laughs> we would be a little successful, right? I, I mean, I, I wasn't I had a, I had an audience right already because of the everything that it is that I did. So it wasn't like I was just starting from straight scratch. However, um, you know, I, I accounted for about twelve thousand, but which is a lot. Like obviously for it for a book, that's a lot. So I figured we'd be successful. But I thought about this 45 different ways. And none of them came up with a $3.7 million game. None of them. None of them. So, so I was not anticipating that. And once we, I mean, we hit a, it was 30, the 30 hour mark was when we hit a million. Uh, so it, it was a day, essentially. It was what we got. We hit the first million and it was like, like, this is real. And I'm sitting here like, okay, I can't even take a breather. I can't celebrate. I mean, I could. And I think that would be the mistake that a lot of people would do. They'd like just do a victory mm. lap. But my mind as a businessman, I'm thinking, okay, you got to move on to the next thing. I have to, I have to, I'm thinking forward. Everything that I do, I'm thinking forward. So, all right, well, now I got to account for more books. I have to get everything that I was going to, you know, I had to deal with our print company that we were going to get that first front load there. And that should have got us through the campaign and the rest uh, would have, we you know, would have came in the subsequent months. Well, that was, you know, I had to call our predators like, uh, I need all of those. I need them now. 
Uh, so they they got them printed, make sure finish the print. Went ahead and sent those over, and uh, of course we got those we got those out in that upcoming uh, about month and a half. I think it's about how long it took us uh, it took us to get everything out. And yeah, it, it was it was it was surreal to to see just it keep going up. And like I said, I never really anticipated that, but I had to get back to work. You know, uh, all my full all my part time guys became full time guys that were right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had to bring more people in. Uh, I bet and, they were celebrating. Uh, yeah, they were. No, because, you know, this is a dream for some of them. It's like, oh, not only do they get to work in comics, it's like they, they our employees are as invested in this as I am, uh, which mm. is which is great. I mean, that's why the machine runs in the way that it does so effectively, because they don't treat it like I got a bunch of rock stars here. They don't treat this stuff like it's just another gig. They treat it like. It's their baby, too, which is why, you know, they are they're active on social media and they brag about being uh, part of the reverse because this is something this is a job that they're proud of. And I, and I say this is a businessman. You can you can you pick up on that like almost immediately. And that is someone that is going to put in their best work. Like if mm-hmm. they are comfortable, they have some sort of investment in it. Uh, mm-hmm. In the company, and you take care of them because of it. I pay these guys very well. There was Caffeinated Wolf, that's uh, my social media and creative manager uh, uh, there, uh, right there. And like you know, these guys want to be here. Like it's Saturday, he ain't supposed to be working. Yeah, yeah, here he is. <laughs> uh, yeah, here he is. Uh, you know, and this is what I'm talking about. Like you guys are actually invested uh, in this company. And and you know, I did a panel when I was at San Diego Comic Con this past week. We did a panel, and that was the thing that I talked about. Uh, with both uh, in relation to the independent marketing, especially with those independent filmmakers, it's like you have to have people that can not only cover your deficiencies, but are also good at what it is that it, it, that they do. Uh, and that's how you do your best work. It's a collaborative effort. Uh, you, you, I wear a lot of hats, but I can't wear every single hat. And sure, right. uh, people that are good at what it is that they do, you mentioned like Carol. Carol is the one that keeps me in line. Like I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to do stuff like this had it not been for her because she's the one. Hey, okay, I need you to do this. You know what I mean? And or right. you have something going on at this time, and she makes sure that I'm that I'm there. Like you need those types of people there that are part of your company. So as we were sitting there watching those numbers go up, going back to the original point. It, it was like I was thinking like, OK, we need to get more people and we need to get the best. And uh, those folks that are here, um, I mean, look, they're, they're, the, they're the best in the business. And I, and I love them to death for, for what it is they do for this company. Nice. Yeah, nice. it seems like you've surrounded yourself with a lot of people who know the industry, know what they're doing with lots of talent. And I, I think that was a wise, wise move. You didn't just surround yourself with just friends who want to get involved but you you actually pick people within the industry who actually know the business and know what they're doing and that's yeah let, let me let, let me post what caffeinated wolf came back with he said <laughs> what did we get <laughs> yeah we got money to make bro. he's not lying after that he the warehouse so he's not lying man he's what a like i say he's such a remarkable person and Again, it makes my job a lot easier having people like that uh, that are part of this mm-hmm. company. Man. So to, to those out there that aspire to, it doesn't matter what it is that you're creating, especially if you're doing it like the independent route where you're like basically in control of everything. You've got to have people like the Andrews of the world to be a part of your business. Sure. Mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. So you, you just came back from Comic-Con and I'm I'm assuming that's your first big event at Comic-Con. At least that was my first, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was okay. my first Comic-Con. So, how was 
your yeah. first experience with Comic-Con, you know, being there to represent Ripaverse. Uh, it was incredible. Uh, nothing short of that. And, um, you know, obviously with us being kind of the, the, the new kid on the block, but also kind of it's like <laughs> you're the new kid. But people also understand that, like, you're people, you know, you get that bit of animosity uh, because you got people that are like, well, they've been doing it for so long and they haven't done anything like this. So, you know, you, you would think if it definitely if my Twitter had anything to say about it. You'd have it was like going to an event like that was going to be very um, there's going to be some turmoil there. Let's say that it was the complete opposite experience. Good. There, good. It was nothing but love all day long. All the veterans that I linked up with. I mean, they would go out of their way to pull me aside to to say that they're in our corner to encourage me to continue to go and keep going and saying that they're oh, proud, you know, building like Aaron, uh, I met uh, Billy Tucci. I met, uh, um, you know, uh, that frag. I met a lot of guys that have been doing this for a very, a very, very long time. And they had nothing but love to, uh, to, to show and uh, telling us that they're constantly uh, uh, proud of it. And obviously, you know, meeting even with like the vendors, like the CGCs of the world, you know, top grader, obviously in our industry, and they have nothing but love. We've done a lot of business with them uh, in this past year and they got nothing but love uh, uh, for us. So everything was all love. It was my first Comic-Con. There was no issues, no, no problems. Uh, the panel that we did with uh, Chris Gore and, the, and, the, and his film threat crew, uh, as well as Gary, Gary from Neurotic, who jumped on that panel last week, oh, last yeah. minute. Oh, yeah. It was a fun experience uh, all around, and uh, I'm glad that we were able to to have a presence there. And it was a it was an interesting year, obviously, because Hollywood didn't have as much of a presence as they generally have had yeah. recently. Right. It seemed to make for a better con. Yeah, the Hall H stuff maybe wasn't going as crazy as people would have liked, but I, I mean, I pick up this feedback. Obviously, this is my first one. But talk, seeing Billy and talking to him and seeing what these guys, as well as Gabe El Taib, our colorist, uh, who was who was there, who we obviously had two signings with. You know, they're like, look, they haven't made this much money, they haven't had this much, um, this much uh, like traffic, <laughs> and, and a Comic Con in a very long time. So it's great to see that those guys getting rewarded and they getting mm-hmm. back to the essence because, yeah, Hollywood has their own issues going on right now, and uh, but it's still about comics. Can you explain this hashtag? I think I know what it means. Oh, but... Jesus. All right. So... <laughs> <laughs> you, you talked about this on, on the the, uh, the live stream with the sisters. Yeah. So, yeah. So this is uh, so the first thing that was really conceptualized that out of the Riververse was me drawing Isom suit, right? Uh, and uh, obviously, I am not the uh, I'm an artist, but not that kind. And uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah. <laughs> So I, I drew the sketch for my concept artist Marcos to to launch it to like make it presentable, right? To, to our artist, uh, like Cliff Richards, and uh, that was really the first thing that was conceptualized. And there's an actual sketch that's out there of me literally drawing out the the sketch of Isom's suit, and it's terrible. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but that's the, that's the Eric sketch that everybody's uh, referencing there. And yeah, well, they're all hashtagging yeah, it, so uh, yeah, everybody's hashtagging. <laughs> <laughs> I think you gotta release it, man. So I want to see it. it. It is so bad. It is so bad. I think at some point it's gonna have to get released because everybody's demanding of it. And I'll try to I'll try to think of some creative way 
Do a limited edition poster or yeah. collecting card. Yeah, there you go. Collecting card. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> or sticker. Yeah. When I say it's bad, y'all. It is bad. I colored it in and everything. Oh, it's so bad. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I so want to see it, man. Yeah. It, it, it's so bad. But it is. So you can see that. Oh, it's an ISOM suit. But it just looks so terrible because, like I said, I'm not that kind of artist. So That's I think right. at some point it's going to have to get released. Uh, I, it won't be. I don't know when. But I'll try to think of some creative way to embarrass myself. Uh, but what, what people, what Dude, every know. time I look, I'm seeing another hashtag. Yeah. Yeah. Eric sketch. So, yeah, yeah you got to do it, man. You got to do it. <laughs> I, I say even if it's a limited, maybe maybe that's what you do in the next campaign. You put it in the next campaign as a sticker or a card or something yeah. like that. And, and you can have that idea for free. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Roger <laughs> that. Roger that. <laughs> <laughs> For what was your, what was one of your favorite gleanings from being at Comic Con? Um, just with your presence, it sounds incredible. With just all the people we were meeting, all the love and support you were getting, mm-hmm. was there any big gleaning, um, and maybe a couple of things that you got just from that experience itself? Uh, I, I would say two. One was meeting obviously Billy Tucci. Uh, that was huge. Um, and like I said, so just the kind words that he had and telling me he was proud. And like I said, this is a guy that's been in the, in, on the scene for forever. Oh goodness! Uh, so that was that was huge. Also, I would say uh, another highlight was uh, having some time to chat with uh, the great Dean Kane, who was obviously our, my superman. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, and nice. uh, you know, he, him and Gabe are doing a lot of work. And him and I talked before, uh, but we you know this is our first like face to face meet. Right. Nice. So uh, getting to chat with him and it's the same thing. It's like, you know, hey, man, you know, keep this up. You know, it, it, it's it's been something awesome to see and to get to chat with these guys. And, you know, you, it's just it seems to be like on everybody's damn radar, this whole thing. And it's just again, just everybody gets something from it. And it's been it's been so encouraging. So if there was any, any other takeaway and, you know, obviously it's not my first con, it's not my first bit con, you know, we've done fan expo, uh, anime, we've done other ones. Uh, but one thing that I would say, take away from not only comic con, but those others as well is that look guys like this internet, like Twitter stuff, that's, that's not real life. Like my experience, you know, get some knuckleheads, you know, saying whatever crazy things online versus us, and how our experience of being in public and interacting with our fans, it's just a night and day, day experience. Like, it's like, that's real life. Uh, most people are encouraging. It's a constant reminder that that's what this mm-hmm. is about. Uh, so that's why it's so fun. I, I think I was struck by what you said just a moment ago by just, yes, Hall H was not as big of a presence this year, but yet there seemed to be a different atmosphere because it was more about the comics and the, the creators and the writers and, and all. Was do you, in your opinion, do you see this as being just kind of the future of where Comic Con may be going based upon your experience? It, 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 well, let's say this. They're not going to have a choice uh, at, at some point <laughs> <laughs> at the trajectory of what looking like Hollywood, because this is a different This strike thing is different. Um, yes, they've yeah. had strikes in the past, but the culture has changed a lot um, since then. And to be honest and to be frank, they don't really have a writers or actors don't really have a bargaining chip uh, right now. So things are starting mm. to change. Uh, and even have the, the the public's perception of these movies that are based on this material has ha, started to kind of change. And, you know, it, I would say it's, it's their own doing. Right. Um, and sure. it, it's garbage in, garbage out kind of situation. But I, I will say that it 
if it doesn't go that way, it continue to go this way. I won't be I'll be very surprised. But because I think that they're not going to have any choice, but it's also good for the industry. It doesn't mean that it can't be huge. It doesn't mean there won't be a lot of people there. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means that it'll be more centric around why this whole thing started in the first place. And mm. it wasn't because of the, the movies and all. It wasn't because of that. Like, that's not to say that they shouldn't have a presence or nerd, other mm-hmm. nerd culture. I'm not making that claim. I'm more so saying that it, it started here and that's back to the essence. And it will look like the thing about artists and, uh, you know, seeing whether it be on the main floor or the actual artist alley, either one mm-hmm. is to see kind of the decentralization of it all, which is fun uh, because everybody has like, now you got like, again, Billy Tucci and all these other, the, the Aaron LaPresti with Wraith of God and all the other things they do. Gabe El Taib with his, his stuff and big man comics. Like these are stuff that are their own projects. Right. And they're right. there. There's a demand. There's people uh, wanting to take pictures and, and, and have them sign stuff and draw stuff. It, it's really cool. But that's how I think this market, the direction that not just comics, I think the direction of entertainment in general because Hollywood's mm-hmm. in for a wake up call as well. Like, I think it's going to start to trend more towards independence uh, as well. So I think these guys don't have a choice. But more importantly, I think that that's a good thing. It's mm-hmm. a great thing. I get it. The mega that's corporate- like the, the statement that I just put up, we're going through a cultural renaissance. Yep. They will adapt or die. That's, that's how it is. That's, that's a perfectly yeah. put, Chuck. Uh, uh, it's perfectly put because that's what it is. It's like they, there's not going to be a spot. Like I get it. The mega corporate corporate kind of standard is very attractive to people because they have seemingly an endless amount of money, which they don't. People are finding that out now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is an end uh, to it, but it, it's it's attractive because it be it between the middleman and the guarantee of the of the money there's less risk associated with it from the creatives so them getting laced up or paid is and that structure being there is very attractive but going into this new direction of decentralization for guys like myself this is awesome this is what but for other people they're going to be very protective of that status quo which mm. is why despite yeah. having these millions of dollars these actors instead of building their own studios, which seems to be the obvious thing to do. They're begging for these mega corporations to pay them more, you know, right. so, through the unions. So like the music industry, the music industry has been changing for several Absolutely. years now. And you're seeing so many artists now who, you know, they've got their home studios. They, so they can, they can do everything at home. They don't have to go out and rent a studio, you know, to, to uh, record their albums. They can, they can distribute it on their own. The, the only thing they really need is somebody, you know, to to uh, do a tour for them and set up a tour. But yeah. other than that, yeah. they don't really need much outside of it. And I think you're right. I think actors need to be looking at the same type of thing. Absolutely. You know, there are some actors. Now, granted, they're smaller actors. If you look at like John Schneider, you know, he used to be the Dukes of Hazard. He was Bo Duke of Dukes of Hazard. John's got his own home studio and he's producing. <laughs> granted, they're smaller movies. They're not, you know, they're There's not getting wrong with that. Thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. Those are the most profitable ones. Yeah. Right. And he's, (laughs) he's doing it now. So yeah, I think some of the, could you imagine if Tom Cruise did something like that? Yeah. Like he had, yeah. Like it's like they, that's what I'm saying. It's like they, 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 and even the ones that do call themselves uh, having their own like studios, it's still like 
connected to a major corporate entity. So it's like right. a mega corporate entity is paying them to <laughs> either do it or, or do the film or pay for the film. And they're just mm -hmm. the ones, the studio just acts as the product, as the producer, but they don't actually uh, act as the distributor. They don't act as the guys that are actually uh, funding the projects, which is why I'm like, that to me is more attractive because number one, you have full creative control over yeah. everything it is that you do and all these supposed yeah. issues that yeah. you guys have you can correct them when i see hashtag comics broke me uh and i see all these creatives whining about not getting paid by these other studios i'm like well there's an alternative do your own thing you know what i mean like that, <laughs> right? that's not, if you if you are such geniuses and that's often how these guys see themselves as the upper echelon of society so mm -hmm. if you guys are such geniuses you should be able to pull pull your resources together or put your heads together and and create something that is going to be everlasting and uh, that's what i did um uh, you know that's what these other guys could do and uh to like chuck's point to these other guys point I think they're going to be forced into doing it because at the trajectory that this stuff that like even Hollywood right now, is just not a sustainable thing. Even with these movies that you look like that see a, a, a decent return, they're spending too much money. So that's not yeah. like it's there that profitable. What's profitable are the sound of freedoms of the world where they spend yeah. a fraction of what uh, these other big studios are spending. And they flip that into uh, hundreds of mil, uh, you know, I yeah. Don't know that now i think last time i checked it was like 130 million i think yep. it's more than that you know that's how that's how you actually uh make the make the profit so even from the the the, the things that they gripe about which right now they claim for it to be pay like this is stuff you can correct yourself you don't like the fact that people pay them why don't you just pay them why don't you just do it yourself it's been mm -hmm. my answer to this whole thing so they're gonna have to adjust they're gonna mm -hmm. have to adjust and if they don't to their credit uh to, to what chuck said to what some of these other guys in the chat are saying they're going to have to. And if they don't, well, they're going to be left. They're going to be left behind. And, you know, it is what it is made again. It, the, the, the weak uh, will be separated from from the from the strong. And I think a lot of people are going to find out that some of these guys are paper tigers, you know, well, and, uh, and they're not really as good at what it is that they they they, they need that mega corporate entity, because really, that's the only people that would subsidize their mm -hmm. projects and get it off the ground. Well, Eric, I got to say this. I got to say thank you for being a part of the disrupting of the old and bringing in the new. Um, you are proving it's going to be done. I love it. I, I want to say hashtag Eric says, do it yourself. <laughs> do your own thing. I'm sorry. Do your own thing. Excuse me. Hashtag do your own thing. That's what they should be doing. All these guys that because I think of it like, you know, I, I think that's what turned a lot of people off to Hollywood is that these guys really do think. They are better than absolutely everybody. I think definitely at the turn of 2015, I don't know, something might have happened during 2015, 2016. That just made these people crazy. Uh, and, and they and they went to, they started taking it to social media despite their customers or the people that were buyers of it. Uh, so they started telling on themselves. And obviously that turned a lot of people off uh, anyway. But I think people are finding, again, the, it's, the, it's the paper tiger situation. These guys aren't as creative as, as they, mm -hmm. I mean, I think we saw that with the whole COVID situation. And you saw these folks start to have to do their own thing. Right. And, you know, like they didn't have um, you saw like these guys try to take it to YouTube, like all these creatives out of nowhere uh, that were part of Hollywood started to try to make the make it to YouTube. So basically mm -hmm. trying to become more personable. And you find out like these guys aren't really like <laughs> if someone's not writing their material. For I know them, exactly what you're they, saying. They, yeah. They're not. No, like, who are these guys kind of suck. So I think, <laughs> 
<laughs> well, they uh, Warner Brothers spends how much on the Batgirl, and then they throw the they entire thing. They say we can't, we can't put it out. That's how bad it was. That's that's yeah. crazy, man. I I don't think I've ever heard of them. You know, a movie studio completely completing the after, film after it was almost like like ninety percent finished. I, right. I haven't heard of that. I haven't heard of that. I mean, you think about the amount of bad movies that get put out. Like, mm-hmm. regardless, I've yeah. never heard of that. I've never, I've heard of obviously things getting shelved, but they were always like in the, they may have been Development like a developmental stage, mm-hmm. right? Sure. But to yeah. see something that was basically done, like, and mm-hmm. them saying, we're just not putting it out. We're just going to, and you had it. Michael Keaton in it too. Yeah. That, so it's that, not like you had small names in it. You, yeah, you know, that, that's how bad it had to be. There was nothing to salvage it. There was like they were just like this, just take the right off, take the right off is what it is. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, these guys aren't as creative as um and I think people well, what's happening is is the alternatives, people are able to see them a lot more. Um, because the the means have been more decentralized. Uh, you got the YouTubes of the world and even others other uh, video platforms that are continuing to grow, uh, that are all <laughs> I need to tag that. That's what happened. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. These media, like that was funny. It, it's it's there as these as people saw that there are competitors. That, that's what the reverse was, right? It was like, yeah, we can do something that's comparable to them, and we can get it out there. Actually, now we can get viewers, we can get eyes on it, we can get an audience. So people feel like, well, yeah, I could just select this guy stuff. I don't have to keep buying these other other guys' uh, material. So mm-hmm. the fact that people are able to do that in these other industries and it's become more affordable to produce them has yeah. completely changed the game. So even compared to the guys that are spending, you know, a million times more than what I'm spending uh, on, on these projects, and we're and we're getting the return it is that we're getting like. Um, I think there's just going to be more of it, and there's going to be inevitably someone that will come along and probably do it better than I do. Do and it's uh, it, it's an exciting time. I love the decentralization. I love the uncertainty yeah. of it all. Uh, the market needs a big shakeup. It does. Yeah, I like I like this statement. I like how Eric is able to make adjustments to the products to make it better for the customer because he is the owner and listens to customers' feedback and he makes smart uh, financial decisions. Yep, I totally agree completely. Yep, that's what you're able to do. That's the benefit of being the independent. Like, uh, I mean, I talk about this with me and Gary all the time from uh, Neurotic. We talk about this. Like, the advantage that we have is that unlike Hollywood, they really can't pivot. Like, outside of yeah. the bad girl situation mm. like there's no pivoting like there's no it's like even if they'll try to reshoot they'll try to do all this but there's only so much they can really do uh with me it's like well i could put out an idea and if the market responds i can do more of it like we could take this campaign sure. for example right we're in the we're in the middle of a campaign and i remember the uh for example the cgc copies of of our of of this cover we had no plans on doing that we had no uh- plans. So of this cover of this cover, we were we had zero plans of doing a CG uh, CGC signature series version of it. So we we get them and I'm like, uh, OK, th- let's see the demand. And uh, because everybody's demanding that we did it, our customers, we said, OK, we'll just add it to the c- campaign. And so we did. We added it to the campaign. Those are all sold out now. And uh, that's the type of cool stuff that you're able to do as an independent as on a dime. You can just say, yeah, let's just do it. Let's just do this so you can give people more. And that's the it that's benefits, benefits the customers, man, so much. And and that's what the mega corporation can't do. Uh, they mm-hmm. have to plan this stuff. 
because of all the middlemen that they have, they have to plan this stuff. I mean, years ahead. Uh, and they have to commit to it. And we can just say, well, we can do less of what people didn't really respond to. We can do more of what people demand uh, of us. And uh, that's what it's about. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I got to say, uh, you know, you know, it just as you, you've told the story about being at Comic-Con and all these guys investing in you or encouraging you to say great job. I, you are on the forefront of being that guy for other people here in the future i just see it you're i think you're i think you're just ahead of your time because you said you said several leadership things that i've heard that i almost challenge you to like you either do a blog post or something for a lot of these guys who are just inspired by what you're doing i'm inspired by your attitude i'm inspired by your look you know god created me to create you know i'm i'm being faithful to that um, and for all of us to be creative, I think the thing about taking care of your people is what I hear and having oh, that yeah. team, yeah, I agree. um, is just encouraging as well. Um, gosh, I just can't wait to see all of what you're doing and, and even how just d- down the road, you are, you are the inspiration and going to be the leader for all this decentralized writers and creatives and, and people who are like, how do I break in realizing that you are blazing the trail to saying you can do it on your own yeah, and all. Yeah. So thank you so much just for, just for, for being that guy. Seriously, no, I, I thank you. And I think the one thing that you talk about with uh, taking care of the, the team is so very important. And that's something that, you know, we talk I talk about the creative stuff a lot. And I, and, um, I try to mention uh, more so that, you know, there were economic things that I think plagued this industry and being a cre- being a coming at it from two different perspectives, the creative perspective, but also <laughs> being a businessman. Uh, as well, I look at it like, well, those are problems that plague the industry that I can correct. So the fact that we have people working in comics, um, that be it on the back office stuff, all that, like all my executives, everything that are working, they're getting paid well uh, to to do that, and um, they're getting paid comparable if they were working with any other company um, that had more resources than we had. And the same can be said, especially for the creators, as far as like our, our contracts with the book. I mean, Gabriel Taib is a longtime industry veteran, but done DC work, Marvel work, uh, Star Wars, done. I did all that stuff. And, you know, he often says on, on and like on Twitter all the time, he's like, Eric pays me better than than, than what I was getting over there uh, wow. with, with, with those guys. And he pays on time. Chuck Dixon brings it up all the time. <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's very important. Yeah, Chuck brings it up all the time. He's like, he's like, Eric will pay me the day I submit the script. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's important to me because I, I don't like hearing these stories of, for one, some writers don't even get paid. I mean, you think uh-huh. well, really how it works. Definitely if they don't, if, if you, you know, even if they say that, hey, we want to commission you to do something and they don't put it out. They they might often won't even pay you for it, like for writers more so. Uh, they mm-hmm. won't pay you for uh, uh, for that that script that you wrote, and then they, for scripts that they have wrote, you hear all these stories from artists as well as uh, mm-hmm. writers where they're not getting paid. 30, 45 days uh, have gone, you know, and they've not gotten any any like uh, any sort of money. It's it's hard to run people down. These are stories, nightmare stories, because these guys got bills to pay, and uh, these are nightmare stories mm-hmm. that I don't like hearing. So I do everything it is in my power. It's why the book is priced the way that it is, because I want to make sure that people that are working with it within this company and for this company, one way, either as a contractor, as an employee, are paid. Uh, They're Mm -hmm. taken care of. 
They are uh, uh, they can do their best work without having uh, to, to think about. We're about the uh, financial uh, side. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. that's how they do their best work, because, number one, they know they're going to get paid well for it. And they mm-hmm. can they can they have that peace of mind of, mm-hmm. of being able to say, I just need to deliver. I just need to get it done. I need to deliver uh, to what I was agreed to, uh, what I've agreed to deliver. And they will get they will, the finances will always be taken care of. So this part mm-hmm. of the economic stuff that i that i sought out to to correct with the ripperverse it, it wasn't just a creative yeah i have a lot of issues with the content of uh, over the past years that have been put out through comics but the big thing that i for sure wanted to create uh wanted to correct was the financial economic aspect uh rather of this uh industry mm-hmm. well that's like alan dean foster you know he he wrote the uh uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, Star Wars Splinter of the Mind's Eye, and he he actually ghost wrote, writ, wrote the novelization of the original Star Wars novel, and he says that he hasn't been paid by Disney, you know, and that's since the takeover, since Disney right. bought out Lucasfilm, yeah, since yeah. They, and he wrote and he wrote the novelization of the Force Awakens, yeah, and since the the, the takeover, he hasn't been paid for that, and that's Disney, Disney of all companies, you mm-hmm. know. That's crazy. I'd like to go back here a little bit when you were talking about, you know, the large companies and and Hollywood can't sustain anymore. But but something that you insinuate is the fact that we've got all these superhero movies going back to the roots that it was truly about the it was truly about the comics It's about the stories. I mean, comics have been doing storytelling for how long? Decades. Right. And all. Uh, do you do you see that today's with today's Hollywood, their storytelling, the, the only reason these movies have been as successful as they have been, some of them particularly, uh, just has become basis because the storytelling of what comics created themselves? Yeah, uh, for sure. Like that's the that's the aspect of it. And also why I believe that definitely with Hollywood adaptations of movies are starting to be on the, de- like they're on the decline right now mm-hmm. um, or hit or miss. Let's just say that to be more, hit or miss. More, sure. More, sure. More, more, be more accurate. Uh, the reason why that's the case is because like the story aspect of it, be it from a source material standpoint or just from a general storytelling standpoint has been put on the back burner for things that nobody cares about. Right. Uh, the things mm. that people well, let me say an mm. actual audience doesn't care. They're chasing an audience that doesn't exist. That's what Hollywood's doing. That's what really a lot of mainstream mm. cats, even the comics are doing that audience. It's like they're writing not for an audience. They're writing for the audience that they would like to have. Um, and that's a mistake yeah. always as a, a, from a business perspective, because a lot of times that audience, it's not a real thing. It's a thing. It's a figment of your imagination. It doesn't really exist. No demand for what it is. Sure. Yeah. Everybody, Mark, another business leadership tactic. Right there. <laughs> know your audience. I love you it. Have you have to. You have to. You have to. <laughs> and, and the stories are going to be placed uh, above all. You know, it's funny watching guys. Uh, you know, because when the first campaign dropped, it's funny. People like, oh, well, if you're just supporting it because it's the hot thing right now, how uh, you know, he kind of it's, uh, it's everybody's a part of it, and now everybody's kind of having to shut up because we did it twice. Uh, and 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 that in itself shows <laughs> that the stories, uh, the characters, things that is creating that resonated with people, right? Um, yes. that they that's something it is that they they wanted, and uh, that's kind of the approach you have to you have to emphasize that. Uh, I, I hate that. For some people, and again, I think it's more of the mega corporate mind state. For mm. some people, they 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 separate the two. They separate the business from the creative stuff. 
And I think that more so happens because, to be fair, and I've dealt with this in music, most creative people don't really have that business bone in their body. That's why they need they should link. I mean, that Disney. Disney is a primary example uh, of it. Uh, Walt, that is. He wasn't the businessman. His uh, was his yeah. brother. His brother. Yeah, was. you're right. You're you know right. What I mean? yeah. Uh, it was Roy. So that that's that's uh, as my mm. camera always does its focus. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, there It'll we fix. go. Uh, but that's that's the thing that is 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 the issue. And for me, they're not separated concepts, especially now in, in a more independent market. They're one and the same. You, in order to be a financial business success, you need to also be a a, a creative uh, success. So with the creative stuff, you have to focus on those elements of storytelling and all that. Uh, and and that's how you that's how you get the support. Uh, it is at least to sustain it and continue uh, it, it on. So it's not just a flash in the pan. So you can't separate those. So if you're not a creative person, you need to get with someone that, that understands the business element uh, as well, because they are intertwined. They're not separated uh, uh, concepts as an independent, because as an independent, you don't have that pool of money. Cause you think of some, what some of Hollywood, like what's happening with these Indiana Jones, where they're going to not just lose like millions of dollars. They're going to literally lose hundreds of millions of dollars on that yeah. uh, independent makes a mistake like that they're out of business that's it they invest that yeah. uh, 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 amount of money uh to where they can they sustain a loss like that they're done they're they're mm-hmm. completely done um and they're going bankrupt at minimum so you know you have to you can't separate those and that's why you focus on them as if they're intertwined and that's i think why the riververse for example is seeing the success it is that it that it is because i'm looking at it through the lens of not just a creative lens but also as a businessman and as a businessman mm-hmm. uh, i understand that they're intertwined well, yeah but you're doing both together a lot of times Bingo. people will either focus all on the business side well you know it's number crunching Corporate, and we're going to yeah. make decisions based upon numbers but you're like no 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 we also got to make decisions based upon our audience too in their needs and stuff so i love that i love that that, that viewpoint that you have well um, and, and you also had this crazy thing I, I i didn't know about this but i was watching a video about the teen titans and how and i i okay i'm a big fan of the teen titans uh you know i grew up on on the new teen titans marv wolfman and and uh uh yeah um gosh i can't think of his name uh george perez and then my daughter grew up on the new teen titans cartoon show so you know we bonded over that and everything and i thought that show was so great and you know it lasted for what i think five six seasons and then all of a sudden it kind of disappears well, there's a video, I can't think of the guy who does the video, but um, he was talking about it, and he was telling how the problem with the Teen Titans was it it targeted too many demographics, that that they went out of their demographics. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, well, I would think that would be a good thing to target many demographics and not just staying with one demographic, you know? So I think that's a problem that Hollywood has also, you know, oh, we focus on just this one category of people and that's it. We can't we can't go outside of that. And it's like, what is your problem? You know, (laughs) I I don't understand that. I think the biggest issue with it, 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 it's less of of just the the target of the demographic. It's more of the demographic that they're targeting either, again, doesn't exist. Or they don't have the capital to even spend the money on. So when they toy chase the opinion, like I don't know what 
neon hair colored people that they got working over there at these some of these big companies but i know they're watching the twitters and they're watching the tiktoks of the world and they're thinking that's why they make these bonehead decisions because they're like well that type of person uh, that's who that's who we need to target because that's the that's uh the end thing and it's like well that person does do those types have capital to even spend money on your product yeah, are, do, they trend, do they trend uh uh towards mm-hmm. actually paying for this type of medium the answer is often no they don't so mm-hmm. they're they're out of their target demo they're act, out of the actual demographic of people that even have the capital to spend so you know expanding for new customers is more about having an idea in mind of who your audience is and targeting that and trying to branch from that that way at minimum your your bases are covered, right? Because you what you, what what, right. what what Marvel, let's say for example, in the DCs of the world have done in recent years was that they completely neglected their audience, their, their core audience, for the sake the of core. trying to appeal to an audience that doesn't really exist. That's right. that's just such a boneheaded mistake, and why they're suffering right now. I just covered a story of some of these comic book retailers finally uh, catching up to you know after being late on this. Like, oh, well, everything's on a decline. Right. And it's like, yeah, well, have you bred a modern modern comic book like these guys? There's nothing in outside of releasing a number one and hoping the speculators and the collectors get in on it like two, three, four. Nobody's interested in it because they're not. Who are you writing for? You're not writing for and uh, your the, the audience of people. Number one, they have the capital and they've proven that this is a medium that they're intrigued by and interested in. And you have to right. just, you, you have to have people that see it that way. So you, you don't sacrifice them like, Oh, I want to build up, appeal to this type of demographic. So what mm-hmm. I'm going to do is say like, which is what the big dogs have done is they've done it worse. And they're like, I'm going to do things to spite <laughs> the audience. Yeah. that already Seeing what they're doing to the Punisher right now is a prime example. They don't like who likes the Punisher. They don't like the people that yeah. adopt the symbol. They don't like the right. people that have uh, favored him. So what do they do? They they go out of their way to abuse him in the books to basically take it to those guys. And now they've completely replaced Frank uh, Frank Castle, Castle. Uh, uh, in, in these recent books. Like that's an example of, of just a, a all around bonehead, spiteful decision where they're saying, you know what? We're going to push out the core demographic to appeal to this other one who's not even going to buy the book. That's true. That's true. You know, I, I also don't understand how come, like, for instance, with the la- the latest Flash movie, or, well, the Flash movie, I should say, because that's the only one. But, uh, you know, they, they sold this. They sold this on Flashpoint. And, and Flashpoint is one of my all-time favorite DC stories. I love Flashpoint. It's a great story. It was a great way for them to uh, reboot the universe. I mean, they could have used this as the perfect kickoff into the James Gunn era of DC. And they completely screwed it up. You know, it's like, I mean, there, there were some, don't get me wrong, there were some enjoyable things in that movie. There were some things I actually liked in the movie. But I wanted to see Flashpoint, and I didn't get Flashpoint. And it's like you had a comic book that has been beloved for well over a decade, and you had the building blocks, and you could have even incorporated it into your new era, and you just threw it all away. I don't understand why they do stuff like that. It makes no sense to me. Both both of them do that. Marvel and DC are often yeah, like... Yeah, you're right. You know, they, they what they do is they'll take tidbits of 
of like what existed before, like uh, as far as that's a beloved story. And then they figure it's because of Hollywood, that's their attitude. Their attitude is they think they know better than everybody. So adapting stuff with the source material that people already showed that they liked is like insulting them. Uh, so they feel uh-huh. like I got my spin on it. Uh, mm-hmm. So here's this bastardized version of a concept that you're slightly familiar uh with you know what i mean which is why they 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 only pull from it loosely so it's just it's there here's this character that you like but it's only the character and name uh and here's this uh, here's this uh storyline that was uber uber popular but we're just gonna like change all the core elements uh of it right uh so it's not only a skeleton of itself they do that goofy stuff um, and to my, uh, my man's Andrew point uh, here. Yeah, they they don't really like the people that work on these products don't understand the products at all. And I don't mm-hmm. think they're even being like set up for success. It's more. Of, hey, you know, just here's the character. Here's a uh, here's a, uh, you know, I don't know the costume and how it looks. You go do whatever the hell you want. And that's what they do. They just go do whatever they they, they want. And the audience picks up on that stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, I think people were late to it. I remember uh, talking about some of these movies. And some of them were were were. Uh, if I enjoyed it, I'd be I'd be honest. I'd say, okay, this is this is solid. But when they were bastardized uh, uh, stuff, it's like I, I'll say this for example. So they have they they uh, had a great opportunity with the whole Thanos stuff, right? And obviously mm-hmm. they pulled that from the Infinity Gauntlet arc uh, is where all mm-hmm. the, that's where this whole stuff, the snap, that's where it first started. Mm-hmm. That's where it's all doing. Two mm-hmm. core things that they thought just completely removed for whatever reason. Uh, Thanos doing what he was doing for for death. They just said we're just not gonna do it. Just, right? They didn't bring up death at all. At all. At all. So they said we're just right. not gonna do it. Right. And the other thing, and I know this is gonna just really, uh, you know, this aggravates me, is that okay? Imagine ha- setting up the Infinity Gauntlet arc, and you choose to bring Adam Warlock after you've ended it. The dumbest mistake that these idiots uh, that these idiots over at Marvel did. You bring Adam that who was who was so core to that. Obviously, yeah. him and Silver Surfer, uh, but we're, we're we're core to that. And you just say, "Oh, we'll bring them in," but we're gonna bring them after this whole Thanos thing is over. Oh, it's one of the dumbest mistakes. It was a layup, as I call it all the time. Mm-hmm. But that's the type of stuff it is that I'm talking about well, with these companies. Yeah, even well, how they create, how they treated the Adam Warlock character after the fact. Yeah, even. yeah, exactly. Well, it's like a bastardized version. It's not Adam Warlock. It's just a bastardized version, right. version of the character. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think uh, this. Am I saying right? Sosta sisters. So, Saska sisters. Yep. Saska. Sorry, sorry. I'm still trying okay. to learn their name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> uh, I I think they had said that some of these companies actually have rules. Stating no fans are allowed yeah. to to yeah. work. For the reason being is because they think that it'll be a hiccup in the production by having someone's input where they're going to say, basically, yeah, you know too much. So it's better that you don't know at all. James Gunn admitted this. Well, I think he's the most overrated guy that adapts comics. He admitted this. He flat out admitted this with Peacemaker. Uh, he said that even though John Cena, and to his credit, Cena's credit was willing to learn about that character. James Gunn specifically told him not to do it. He said, he, he, James Gunn said, don't go read the books. Don't go read the books because they wanted their own little thing. Uh, and that's the type of stuff that they do. They, they do that. It's like they don't want folks that know it because that gets in the way of these narcissistic, egotistical people 
who instead of adopting what exists and, and making and that's how you show your creativity, your create you show your creativity by taking something that's been done and established. And then you take that and you make it presentable in this new medium. That should be the job of the directors and the producers right there. It's not, mm-hmm. the, oh, I, I got to give it the gun touch. I got to give it this touch. I got to give it that touch. You don't do that. You, 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 what you're trying to do is say this is what people it worked. Right. Otherwise, we're right, not even doing right. it. It worked. It worked. Mm-hmm. How do we cross that into this new medium and make it digestible instead of instead? But that's not how it's like almost being egotistical is a prerequisite. So they make it about them. This is why they have to yeah. always put their own spin on it because they feel insulted by adapting uh, and, and adopting uh, the source material, even though it's so painfully obvious, like it worked. Just do it. Yeah, yeah I, I was just think processing, thinking about asking you if it was ego over the creation, yeah, the creator side, the creator. That's side. what it is. It's a straight ego. These guys are. Uh, and again, if for people that have worked in some way close to Hollywood figures, you kind of figure like that's like a that's almost a prerequisite to be there. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they have to make it all about them. And that's what it is. Yeah. So they go in there, be in the mm. writer's room or anything like that. They're looking at it like, well, I got to put my spin on it. Right. right. So yeah. I have to, it has yeah. to be. Yeah. So so what this story that was already done is so great and beloved. Who cares? I'll take some bits and pieces of it, pieces of it. But then we got to make sure that I have my my own touch. So that that's their problem. And why mm-hmm. so much of this material is so bad. So even though it seems obvious. Um, it's like, why don't you just do what worked? Like, what is the point of bringing in Thanos and not doing the whole? De- that's the reason why he does what it is. That he's trying to court death. Literally, that's what, yeah. he, what he's trying to do. Right. Why on earth would you just leave that out? Like, why? That, that, it, it, it was such a layup because from that, like, for example, to me, I think that I think the um, the Captain Marvel movie. And this is what happens if I'm in charge, a guy that actually reads all this stuff. If I'm in charge. <laughs> I don't put a Captain Marvel movie in between uh, in between Infinity uh, War and, and and Endgame. I put a Thanos origin film in in in, in that in that movie because then mm-hmm. what you're able to do is all those aspects that I just mentioned. You could bring that up, even the Marvel situation, which again that was the one that's the, that to me is my most frustrating thing that happened uh, for me is that there is no Marvel. It's some chick that. Is just obviously Marvel in name, which is like that's Thanos's first big adversary, right? Is Marvel, and it's not even a thing uh, there. But that would have been could have been your introduction. It also could because you think about how how Captain Marvel or, or Carol Danvers. I don't know why I'm calling Captain Marvel. I shouldn't call that. Carol Danvers comes flying in at Endgame. That should have been that should have been Adam Warlock. That should have been his moment. That should have been that should have been his moment to come in and and actually uh, uh, save the day there much like what he did in the infinity gauntlet uh art that's the obvious thing to do but because they don't have guys there that know this material or care enough about it well mm-hmm. you get what it is that you got and then they got so cocky to where oh we're just crapping out billion dollar movies because we're at the height and we're at the peak and then they go to that into eternals and it's like well what in the world and then they lay an egg after egg after egg after egg with all these recent movies because they thought they mm-hmm. could do no wrong and that's what happens when you don't have people that know what they're doing uh, uh that's part of these companies even with the Eternals they they introduced it for goofy reasons but even I couldn't Eternals, even watch that yeah, that's show. A, I hear that that's just unwatchable but even with that with that being said None of those characters are their characters. Like, like you know, Selma Hayek playing like Ajax. Like, what the hell is that? Like, there's, there's just them in name. That's it. That's just all it is. And first of all, nobody really asked for an Eternals movie, but they did it in the worst way 
possible. So, you know, in some mm-hmm. cases, as much as I, as a fan of this material, got frustrated, I'm like, ah, they get what they deserve. When they, when I see these players, <laughs> I'm like, they get what they deserve. <laughs> but as a fan, you, you would like to see, you know, your stories played out. You know, your fa- like I said, Flashpoint's one of my all-time favorites. I, I want to see it done correctly. And yeah, yeah, there's no, there's no reverse flash. And yeah, it is. Uh, I got to say this though, man, preach it, Eric. Uh, <laughs> you take it to church today. <laughs> I mean, this is great stuff. Um, now, Hey, I want to, I want to compliment you and your team because you guys really take the customer and collectors in, in, in their, you know, um, consideration consideration this is the box that i received isom one in and it is so well packed that there is nothing that could i know it's hard to see it on the screen there is nothing that could have damaged this this yeah. comic and yeah. i really appreciate you guys and the effort that you guys put into uh making sure that we get a undamaged product. I, yeah, I really that's, not, that's a completely custom. Like I went to, you know, like, you know, we had that. It was personally engineered. It was one of those things. Like we were like, okay, I get it. There's the, there's these other boxes. Like we could have went those routes uh, that, you know, the industry standards of, uh, of those like uh, comic book folders. And we're like, you know what, why don't we make our own thing? Uh, and we make it so damn sturdy that 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 the UPS guys could punt it, and there would be no nothing that would happen to that to that book. And that's how we came up with like that. the, the Jim Carrey scene. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So even if they did all that, they, they, like we we look, so we sent out like almost sixty thousand books, and I mean we had the the amount of returns, like damage, like it was it was almost nothing right because uh you know that's what we wanted to invest in we wanted to make sure that we invested in a mm-hmm. in quality you know i'm willing to spend yes. extra to make sure that this material gets to these uh gets gets to the end you uh it, like the actual person that's getting it in as perfect condition as realistically possible so mm-hmm. i've seen people which i don't even know how they how the world there are some 10 graded ones that we shipped out like not great like not going from printer to cgc there are some the highest grade that you can get that we sent to the customer. Uh, so that 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 in itself says that we take for sure care of our, our of our material. We bag and board, obviously, everything. And we make sure that box is as sturdy as all get out. Worth every penny. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And I have to say, I thought you were smart with where you started Isom because we kind of get him in the center, you yeah. know. Like, like, uh, we learn that, or we get a tease that he has dropped out of the superhero game and, and we don't know why, but, but we know for some reason he's dropped out and then he gets pulled back into it. So you can continue that story from where it's at, which is obviously what you're doing right now. But if you want to, you can go back and tell the origin of him and have a completely different story, Mm -hmm. you know? I thought that was very smart. Uh, I I thought it was a great play on which. Yes, appreciate that. Yeah, that was uh, you know, and, and that that's a cool way for us to kind of fill in those gaps. You know, the big thing that's going to be revealed, obviously, in uh, to your point, in the this upcoming book is why I some you know quit. You know, that's what we made sure we put on 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 the cover. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna you're gonna learn exactly about that, as I said right here. Why quit? Because to your point, you know, it, it it's 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 starting with him. Like he he's obviously already been around the block. 
so, you know, I thought to do that because it was a it, like I saw um, the book had it was a tall order. Right. Because not only were we launching his story, we had to launch the universe, per se. We're launching the entire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, as well. So, you know, that's why I figured, OK, if we started here, there'll be bits and pieces, branches, branch, branch off points that we could that we could kind of uh, uh, go from that will for sure uh, be intriguing to this audience. And I think we did it in as good of a way that we possibly could. You know, we got the introduction of Yaira. We got the introduction of the Alpha Core, which are our next book. Uh, so even though it's his story, we were able to tell it in a way that launches the the universe. And that was that was a difficult thing. And I can say this as a writer, uh, you know, because, you know, I, I, I encourage people all the time. Like, look, if you're writing, George R. R. Martin talks about how he wrote himself in a corner. And if you don't want to do that, you have to be mindful of 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 not just the now. I think so many people get caught up in trying to the instant gratification and they get so caught up in, in trying to tell everything, everything all at once, the coolest, most extravagant intergalactic, the world's on the line. Everybody wants to tell these stories uh, instead of looking at it like, well, what if this hits? You know, you want to keep telling the story five years from now. Ten right. Years from yeah, exactly. You have to you have to lay that foundation from the jump. You don't because then what ends up happening? You end up like a Marvel in D.C. where you're constantly having to reboot the world because, you know, you got off to the wrong foot. So it was a tall order, and I think we pulled it off as good as we're going to realistically pull, pull it off in ISOM to not just launch his story, even though it's his story it is that we're launching. We had to launch the entire universe. So do you mm-hmm. see a animation in the future? Obviously, you know, we, we did drop the animated uh, trailer for ISOM, yeah, too, which, yeah. uh, you know, that was our that was a filler. That was a, okay, let's see where that market is. Uh, and we actually had a benchmark that I think is at the 750k mark. I said if we hit that, I can promise y'all more of it. So actually, I'm in the process of building a, a an internal team to try to figure out the best way to do that to produce these, and uh, that's that's one of our worthwhile investments. Uh, the monetization of it's going to be a little tricky, but I can for sure promise you more more of those uh it was great it was fun i you. loved it yeah, I, I appreciate loved it. that and we yeah because obviously we want to do something that's more a little more longer format and all that and we're working yeah. on it i'm just building a team right now to try to see how that's going to look make it make sure. sense financially mm-hmm. but there is a massive demand uh for that and we we were shown that and that's why we we put out a trailer to say okay let's see how people respond to this and the fact that people were like we need more of that it tells me all I need to know. Well, it caused us to ask because we I liked it so much. We were like, uh, are they gonna do animated? I don't yeah. know. Let's ask. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and, and like I said, it, it got legitimized with the response and the reception that we got from it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think I think we just do it. I think we just do it. Yeah, yeah. Eric, how are you doing on time? Man, I, I this has been just an incredible, credible conversation. Um, but we want to be respectful for you I, to I you. That. I do appreciate that. Yeah, I got a little bit. I got a little. I know we just hit the hour mark, so I, I got a little, just a, a little bit more time. Uh, if you got some more questions and, and whatnot, again, I appreciate you guys uh, certainly uh, having me here, man. It's been it's been wonderful. 
Yeah, well, one of the things that we we do at the end of all of our episodes, not saying we have to be at the end of it, but right now, I'm just want to say we normally say who our affiliate sponsors are and that kind of stuff. I'm going to forgo all that. I'm going to tell everybody, everybody, we're not getting paid for this. Go to ripaverse.com. This is a non-affiliated sponsorship because this is such great stuff. This has been just an incredible conversation, not just about the industry, but really about your leadership how you're doing Ripaverse, the inspiration of what that is and what that can be to so many people. Um, Check it out. There you'll find the links, the campaigns, the price of the books. As you can tell, everything about that pricing is on purpose and it's worth every penny. So please, please, this is not just a money grab. This is about taking care of people, taking care of the industry, blazing a new trail of a decentralized framework of really what creatives and comics can truly be and mean. And uh, so, Eric, thank you for that. I just want to make sure everybody goes there, ripaverse.com. Thank you so much. Please, please, please go check it out. So there's different covers for the different ones. I mean, it, uh, you know, we just saw it was so funny, Eric, that Mike, before you came on, we're doing our pre-show stuff. He's like, oh, oh, oh this is the one I bought, the, the one with the moon on it, you yeah. know, kind of a thing. And you hold it up. And so yeah. that was just a great. Fun yeah, I, I love how this, how this day came out. Oh. Man. It's a little bit of change of pace, but I think this is going to be like one of those. Like the identifier, like people see right. this image, they're so gonna be like, "That's that I saw two cover." So we, we were having a debate. It's like, is he holding a? I said lightning rod is what he's holding on there. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we yeah, well, he, he he's on. <laughs> if you see, if the, the end of I saw one kind of gives it away, kind of where he where he kind of you know what he does. Like at the end of that fight with San Juan, uh, you kind of see him being on like the rooftops and, and doing stuff like yeah. that. So you can see kind of as he makes his mark, what, what it is that he likes to do and where he likes to be. Uh, but yeah, that was, it was, it turned out that cover turned out so good. Attorney uh, and even being able to get Shadron like out in the in the background, you can see kind of his face uh, there, and and I absolutely love how it how it turned out. So as soon as I saw it, I was like, yeah, that's the mass print cover, man. That, that's the one that we got to go with because it looks. Yeah, so I cool. think I want a displate of that. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a huge Batman fan, and I just got Batman vibes yeah. from that. I'm yeah. like, yeah, to me, this looks similar to a Batman cover. That's the one I'm going for, man. I love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> Very cool. So I was curious, what is your inspiration for Isom? Who 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 inspired I, I, you? I would say it's it's less anything anybody specific and more of what I had observed growing up um from other people. Um that's really what what embodies Isom. It's more mm-hmm. of you know me being, for example, I bounce between like the country as well as uh, of Arkansas, as well as, you know, inner city of Dallas. So I've seen it all, seeing like both of those like different f- forms of limit living. And I, I was able to pick up on things that like my uncle did, you know, with him being, uh, you know, being on his own little pro- on his property with his horses and all that sort of stuff. Ah, so that's the rancher. Yeah, yeah. You see that. So, you okay, know, it, it, it's right. things that I, that I observe, you know what I mean? Uh, I had my own upbringing, you know what I mean, where I, I could have at used bits and pieces of that. But I figured like I've met a lot of cool people, you know, in my life and um, I got to see them do their thing. And that's really what I saw me. It's, it's what yeah. I had observed from other other people that uh, some just 
Some it were very vital in, in my life and others not so much. It was just people that I, I just picked up on doing doing cool things. And I thought about that as a trait as I'm building them out. So, you know, it was it was more just what I observed from uh, some people close to me, others not so much. And I kind of packaged it all in and what took bits and pieces of and definitely as people more learn more about the character. Uh, maybe again, I'll tell those stories 10 years from now, like, hey, I, you know, this story is a story of my uncle. And, you know, this is a story mm. of this guy I once met. Uh, when I was shucking corn on my grandmother's uh, in my grandmother's garden or, or, or you know, just whatever mm-hmm. um, and, and doing stuff like that and talking about that, I think is uh, going to be fun for years to come because I kind of just took all of what I observed and traits from people that I observed and I mixed it all up. And that's kind of how we got ice on. Nice. Nice. OK, so what are some of your favorite comic books? Well, it's funny. We just mentioned, uh, you know, uh uh, I know you mentioned George Perez and stuff. And, you know, I mentioned mm-hmm. uh, Starlin uh, as well. You know, I, I, to me, the crisis on infinite earths uh, has to be one of my favorite. It, well, obviously it's the first big major kind of crossover thing, event thing uh, that comics had did. But um, for me, I love that it was one of the few times where a company like of that size admits fault. And they try to do something to correct it. And I was just just going so crazy with the multiversal stuff. And what the Chrysler Infinite Earths tried to do is like, okay, let's just try to merge everything yep. and, and get one kind of. Yeah, yeah, they went back on it. They messed that up. But <laughs> considering that. They went uh, back several times. Yeah, several times. There's like 17 <laughs> crises, right? Oh, uh, wait. Crisis was successful. Let's do it again. Exactly. And again. Oh, wait. And again. Then there's the final crisis. And then there's this crisis. Oh, wait. Wait. Yeah. Final crisis. Oh, wait. Oh, just crisis one more time. Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't really what the final crisis. It was another one. If, if you know, Ozzy Osbourne did his No More Tours tour back in 92, I believe it was, which I went to that 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 tour. That was an awesome tour. The next, And he said, that was it. He's He's retiring. There will be no more. And then the very next year, he comes out with the the retirement sucks tour. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that's their approach. But the story in itself and what it meant both uh, for what the company was trying to do, I think, uh, was really, for me, a one that always stuck uh, with me. And obviously it was just a you can't really go wrong with, with, uh, you know, that and you know even seeing what even on the other side what marvel did with the cosmic stuff as well i thought was always cool um you know from talking about thanos and uh marvel and 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 all of what what cosmic marvel stuff so all of that stuff was uh kind of what i what i was stuck with me uh i know that's kind of a different change of pace than what isom is but trust me we'll we'll get there it'll just take us time i don't want to do the intergalactic all that stuff yet like uh right uh let's take our time i want our if if we ever do events and stuff i want the stuff to matter so yeah i I would say uh certainly as far as one that always stuck with me it had to be christ on the nurse nice i will say this i do like your emphasis on storytelling and the long haul you know not doing everything yeah. now. It's like, you know, no, we're in this. It, I, I think it sends uh, for fans, it sends us a signal that you're not just trying to do a money grab. Yep. You are really investing in us. You're really wanting to to give us what we are really truly looking for. And and thank you just for that mindset, just uh being that way. That's just uh I'm I'm thankful for it and I am looking forward to seeing how Hell all yeah. this pans out. Oh, yeah. oh man, I, I'm so looking forward to the whole Ripaverse. Um, 
you know, uh, Yura, Yura, she intrigues me. I want to know more about her, where she comes from, who she is, what, what are her powers? Yeah. I, I want to know about Isom's powers. You know, yeah. Yeah. there's, there's, there's theories online. What do you, what, what do you think about. about some of the theories? I, I love it because that's what this is about. Like, that's what comics used to be about. Like it was mm. about that level of intrigue and that's what, what, what got lost uh in, in it where people are trying to do so much so early but also like in the day of the t- the tiktok age of instant gratification you know competing yeah. against it and like you got to understand back when the comics were his heyday we didn't have the social media there was no to no understand what happened next it was just chats with with, with your other fellow comic book guys and in anticipation for the next for the next material there was no right. we didn't yeah. have any of that stuff we didn't have so to see a a genuine fan base like build up in a genuine genuine fandom uh you know and i don't help these guys like people ask me what about this i, I shrug my shoulders i say i don't know i mean obviously i know but i don't know <laughs> I mean, i'm not telling you because I, want, I want you guys to have fun i want you guys to have the theory that used to be what this medium was all about and to see yeah. people doing that stuff i keep i keep tabs on that and I see people, some people have nailed it. Some people are on the complete opposite end of what we're going to do. But that's what it's about. It's about having that conversation and uh, and having that fun and that fandom building. That's what what's missing right now uh, in comics. And the fact that people are doing this with the Riververse means a lot to me. Uh, and I want to keep that up so I don't hold these guys' hands. I know I stream a lot. I, I'm out there. I'm, I'm really accessible. But people ask me, hey, what about this? What about that? And I'm always like, I don't know. I, uh, uh, if you have to, you have to read the next book. Yeah, hey, what's what is Yai? Why is Yai doing? I don't know. Maybe you read the next Asaska sisters book, and maybe you you'll figure out what's going to happen. <laughs> that's, that's what this this medium used to be about, and to see people yeah. embracing it again has been just it's been an absolute joy to watch. Yeah, I saw one theory out there that Isom might he might mimic other people's abilities because he apparently it looks like he gets stronger through the issue. And such, I thought that was an interesting idea, and I'm like, I don't know if he's going there, but I like your thinking. Guess what? Guess what? He doesn't know either. He ain't gonna tell you. Oh, I know, I know. I'm, I'm fishing, but yeah, he's not biting. I know it. I know. That's what it's about. What it's about. I know. Read Isom too, and I got it on order. I'm waiting for it. There you go. There you go. You learn a lot there. You for sure will learn a lot there. But I'm excited. I can't wait for it. Um, yeah, I, I think you got, I think you got the buildings of a good universe and I'm looking forward to it. So mm-hmm. I'm in for long haul, man. That's what it's about. I appreciate yeah. you, man. I appreciate you being a customer, man, uh, of, of the work, man. And, uh, that's what this is about. I'm just glad you're satisfied, obviously with your purchase. And I'm glad you, you know, you're intrigued enough by the story to, to get the next one. So we'll, we're going to keep doing everything we can to keep you around. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think it's branching off in all these other ones. We're like, oh my goodness, I've got to know yeah. my my own character default, you know, fault of I'm so impatient that I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. I keep telling myself, it's going to be worth it. Thank you. So excellent. Well, we better wrap things up. We know you are a busy man and we so thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Um, the wisdom that you share. This wasn't just about just just comic books. This was all about leadership. It was all about trust. I mean, everything that you shared has been a blessing. So thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. 
And I appreciate y'all, man. Again, this has been fun. Uh, I appreciate y'all making this fun for me and man. And, uh, and I, I'm just, again, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. We appreciate you being here. Um, hey, if you could stick around just for a couple minutes mm-hmm. after we close, because we'd like to talk to you off the air for just a few minutes. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to keep it too long, but all right. We'll so go with ahead that, and wrap let's... up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything you need to say, Stephen? Yeah, go to ripaverse.com and start <laughs> buying go. some books, everybody. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Um, hey, Eric, does does ISOM have a tagline at all? I didn't really catch a tagline. Uh, well, there is a, if you go, actually, you kind of pick up on it. He does say a phrase, uh, right? And if you see the street, uh, excuse me, uh, the Catch Street shirt, you know, that that that's that's kind of indicative of, of okay. what it is that he that's a, it's a turn of phrase it is that he that he says uh uh often and see some people in the chat caught on to that for sure so that's his uh that's his uh his little phrase that he says uh, <laughs> look at him he's all oh okay all right yeah i got it right, i got so it we'll, end well it, so go for it mike the only reason i ask is because i try to end with some kind of catchphrase from whatever topic we're talking so I guess since it looks like I think this is it. So um, see you next time. Over and out and catch street. Thank you for joining us today on the Two Geeks and a Microphone podcast. Tune in next week when we will have more news and reviews. Until then, 